0: Hey 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 everybody ladies and gentlemen boys and girls Idaho. this is episode 60 of the entrepreneur now podcast episode 60 how crazy is that i am your host the always jumping and jiving Yelling, being obnoxious, and bringing the energy, Heath Armstrong. And I am super pumped to have on the very lovely and magnificent Amber Ludwig today. Uh, Just so you all know, when I was sitting in my house crying, uh, pooping my pants, and thinking about how the whole world was just such a hard place to be in, and thinking about all the places that I wanted to be and all the amazing things that I wanted to do. But I was pretty lost. I didn't know what to do. And I had started listening to podcasts recently, and I, I listened to an episode of a podcast where they interviewed Amber Ludwig. And it just blew me away with, with how she approached everything, with her vision on everything, and then the attitude and the grace that she brings behind it. And I added myself to her Facebook group, and then I, I sent her a, a, a message, not really expecting her to respond, And believe it or not, she did. And it was like the most inspiring, nice, cordial response ever. And she ended up calling me and talking to me for a good 30 minutes on the phone. And she was the original person who connected me to The Miracle Morning and Hal Elrod. And then she connected me to Paul Kemp, who does the App Guy podcast, who I've been in a mastermind with for like three months now. And she was really the seed for that that network that I started building and I just cannot say enough amazing things about Amber. I've followed her ever since. Uh, she's brilliant. She's doing so many wonderful things online. She's helping people build their businesses with their online platforms, doing the things that they love uh, right online with the entrepreneur. Now uh, she, she's, got this specialty in taking authors and helping them reach best seller status on Amazon. And so she's working with their website. She's working with their social media. She's creating step-by-step action plans to getting them to the places that they want to be. Everybody has so much talent and so much superpower inside. They just don't know it. And she's, she's really honestly taking a step every day with no gluts, no guts, no glory uh, with her crew And where she came from with all of her struggles as a young lady to the amazing, wonderful things she's doing to change the world and to change her clients' lives now. So I highly suggest everybody listen through this entire episode and get in touch with Amber. She is brilliant. For all the show notes, it is artsynow.com forward slash 60. And everybody out there, just remember to do something crazy every single day, get out of your comfort zone. I can't stress enough how scared I was before I reached out to Amber and when she connected me to the Miracle Morning I mean everything just changed. I got my morning routine in place. I started listening to more podcasts. I started getting more involved and in reaching out to more people because I was like, wow, some people will respond. And I try to do the same for people that reach out to me. So it's a big warm network and Amber, thank you so much for for being one of the staples for why this podcast even exists and Everybody out there, enjoy this! And here we go! Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat! Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that sticky, sticky, rickety- sticky beat! Yeah, oh yeah! Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? I wanna get funky. Who wants to get a little creative out there? Huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy in now? Well, I do. I do. Well, get on with your bad selves. Yeah. With that song. Uh, skid em a rickety dinkety dink, and skid a rickety doo hoo. From the hippity-hopping city of Denver, I've got a brilliant creative guest for you. She's blowing up the interwebs and blowing up your online brand. She's diddling around and every, every every area of expertise that she can she's scaling up your website she's dominating publishing she's doing product promotions she's doing podcasts she's dropping bombs on webinars and speaking engagements she's helping you figure out how to get the best seller status on amazon with no guts no glory holy guacamole we've got a serial entrepreneur on our hands if your ears hang low you better wobble them straight to the front and help me welcome the lovely and magnificent Amber Ludwig. Amber, <laughs> you are the entrepreneur now. What is going on?
1: Wow, you should see the size of the smile on my face after that intro. By far the coolest intro anybody has ever given me ever. Props to you, this is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was a little nervous there, actually. I think that I, I almost bombed the whole thing and had to start all over on you. I'm glad I got through it. <laughs>
1: That was incredible. Very impressed. I'm very impressed.
0: (laughs) Well, Amber, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've done so many things for me in the past, and I've learned so much from you, from following you, from signing up on your email list, from checking one of your gazillion websites that you have out there full of amazing, valuable information. It's like every time I go to look for something, you have another project going on. And it's super inspiring. I mean, it really is because... A lot of times people tell you you have to focus on just one main thing all the time. But really, I think that if you do it the right way, you can be involved in so many different things just like you are. So I'm I'm pumped up. I'm fist pumping hardcore to have you here. (laughs)
1: Thank you. And, you know, I want to say something about that. When I first started my business, my focus was on building websites for people. And so I actually did start with that kind of one focus and I had to fight myself a little bit. And Heath, as you know, we have this entrepreneur syndrome in a sense where we have 10 million ideas, and we want to execute them all, and we want to save the world, and then, you know, do all of these incredible things, and it's really hard to hone in on and focus on one thing and building it the right way uh, from the ground up. And so I did have to to kind of have that focus in the beginning, but then as I created that really strong foundation – and I got really efficient and everything that I was doing that freed up my time where I could start to focus on the next project and then the next project. So now we're looking at, you know, almost eight years later, seeing all of these crazy things that I'm doing, <laughs> yet I'm largely doing it in 30 to 40 hours a week and low stress. But it's because I think I was really structured about the way I built it.
0: Yeah, that's extremely fascinating. And I think that you hit a big point there because I believe that we can save and change the world. Heck and we yeah. all have superpowers within <laughs> us. It's just a matter of pointing it out. And and you played a huge role in that for me. Uh, one of the first people I ever reached out to. And you've kind of, since I connected with you, it's it's been a waterfall effect. And you connected with me with Paul Camp, And I'm in masterminds with all sorts of people. I started doing the Miracle Morning because you were connected to yep. Hal, which I also had on the show. And he was brilliant. Always entertaining, yeah. right?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine how electrifying that show was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the introduction and then his reaction <laughs> and then and then from there on out, it was it was pretty awesome. So that's episode sixteen. If you want to check that out, but you've done so many amazing things. You've supported over a thousand entrepreneurs to get results, probably counting every single day. Uh, you've done more than five hundred authors on six continents. Uh, some big names in there, and and you kind of are the campaign manager behind several number one best selling books, which is extremely interesting. And we can touch on that later, but. Mm-hmm. What I think is fascinating about you is, and I've heard this from you talking to other people on other shows, is your background and how you started Mm -hmm. when you were younger and you kind of struggled with some, um, I don't know if it would be insecurity issues, but kind of the normal things people go through, but it could have been (laughs) a lot worse for you than it would be for some people. So how you took that, how you turned that into going, you know, working for that company Vector Marketing and... And change, you know, just taking hold of that and dominating and fist pumping and and seeing that you could do these amazing things, and then after that, just turning it into this just giant campaign of amazing, successful, world changing endeavors that you've been involved with. So you can just take off whenever you want on that.
1: Well, gosh, there's so much I could say about all of that. It was, it's such a great journey, Heath. I mean, honestly, looking back, I can't not feel extreme gratitude for the transformation that I have, you know, experienced at such a young age. I mean, I'm 31 years old right now. And I really hit this rock bottom moment in my life when I was 16. And many people, you know, have their rock bottom moments much, much later in life. So this happened at a very tender age for me. And I think a lot of, Was building up toward this point. You know, I was always in my sister's shadow growing up. She was the superstar, you know, A plus student, Miss Teen Arizona, perfect, perfect. And I was, you know, the, I don't know, I didn't have very many friends. I wasn't good at school. You know, I didn't, there wasn't much going for me. It didn't feel like. And I, I really suffered and I kind of withdrew and I went inside myself and I, I was really sad and I was depressed and I was insecure and I, Frankly, I had no idea who I wanted to be or how I was going to show up in the world. And so there was a lot of suffering going on at a young age. And I also went to a private school, very, very small. There's like 30, 40 kids in my class. And they were mean, you know, as kids are. But there was a little bit of bullying happening and then bad decision making. And one thing led to another. And when I was 16, I just realized that nobody is going to get me out of this situation except for me. And it was very scary to realize that. And so what I did is I thought, this is certainly not who I want to be. This is not the kind of life that I want to have. So I knew that decision by decision, day by day, I had to start making decisions based on who I wanted to be, not who I was right now. And this isn't anything I went to some seminar and heard about. I mean, this was, I think that if we really listen to, you know, that inner voice inside, it's always right. It's always going to lead us in the direction that we should go down. And sure enough, I ended up graduating with honors. And uh, I actually won the most improved student award in my high school, which I don't know if that's embarrassing (laughs) or cool. (laughs) That's awesome. and yeah, I got this job at Vector Marketing selling Cutco cutlery, and that really was the the turning point in my life because I I that's really the first time where I felt like I had real value and that I was going to go someplace in this world. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> do you,
0: Do you remember when you were a child? What the first thing that you created was? Do you have a memory of that?
1: Um, I. Re- <laughs> No, not the first thing, but I do remember creating mud pies outside of my dad's <laughs> shop, if that counts.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I was just With thinking about sister. that. I, I think mine was like tomato paste paint on somebody's <laughs> front door from like just reaming their garden and thinking it would be funny to you know, smother their own tomatoes all over their door. And we got busted though, because I remember they... You know, my dad came to me and pulled me down the street, and then our little handprints were in like you know, grapes, <laughs> and we had to spend an entire afternoon like repainting this person's door. And then,
1: oh man, <laughs> yeah, no wonder you couldn't forget something like that.
0: <laughs> I knew I was an arts and crafts guru after that.
1: So. <laughs> That's awesome,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then right after that, I remember taking my wiener dog to school for show and tell when I wasn't supposed to, and it got out of my bag and pooped and peed all over the classroom, and then. I think after that, my hands were chopped by my parents (laughs) for a while. I don't have a
1: cool story to match that one, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) I think mud pies is pretty cool. That's what triggered it.
1: I know. Isn't that funny? Gosh, I haven't (laughs) thought about that in a while. But yeah, mud pies outside of my dad's shop. I remember that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what do you think, like, with all these amazing things that you've done so far, and I'm going to put this out there first because I think it's, interesting to see the angle at the beginning. What do you think if you if you sit down and think right now, what do you think your ultimate long-term goal is going to be?
1: Well, it's going to be completely different than what I'm doing right now. I'll tell you that. Um, <clears throat> because my business right now is really helping entrepreneurs, more specifically authors, speakers, and coaches get their message out to the world. And I do that through building websites and we help them with social media and getting their email marketing set up and product launches and all of these very entrepreneurial types of of tasks. But that is, I feel honestly, Heath, like I sort of fell into all of this. I, I never you know, as a little kid thought, oh, yeah, I want to be a website geek when I grow up. I mean, it it just sort of happened. And along the way, in my early 20s, actually, when I was selling Cutco Cutlery, I had this huge passion for mentoring teens. And I ended up writing this book that's still not published. um, But it's called Rescuing Me, A Teen's Journey from Lost to Found. And this book poured out of me, almost 200 pages, poured out of me in four months. I'd never written anything before in my life. And it just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to mentor teens based on my experience of overcoming the insecurity and the bullying and everything, all of those relationships. And my parents, I thought they would never trust me again after all of the lies that I told them and how much I was grounded, you know? And so overcoming all of that I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. So I wrote this book and I started this website called a conscious com, where I have tons of blog posts on there that are very much about, you know, how to communicate or build trust or relationship stuff. You know, all the things that I think teens really go through on a day to day basis. Now that's where it stopped for now. I haven't published the book and I haven't pursued that, that website as much as I could, but I know it's coming So, my next step is I'm going to keep the whole online business stuff going and I'm going to start a family. So, we're my husband and I are recently married, right? Recently married, and we are going to start trying to have a family. Congratulations. And thank you. And I really want to be present with my kids, um, you know, in the years before they go to school. So I think I'll just kind of continue on with what I'm doing through those years. But as soon as they're kind of in school and, and you know, we have a little bit of more more of a routine going, that's when I am going to put my, you know, pedal to the metal on the teen mentorship um Venture of mine, and I i have been calling it. It's going to be my second, greater career. You know, that's really where I'm going. I think that's what I'm going to be known for, to be honest. Um, so it's completely shifting gears from where I am right now. But obviously, everything that I know now and the credibility that I've created and the network—I mean, it's only going to serve me in the, in the future too. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's amazing to think about. That's where you came from. So that was really at the core of your heart before any of this. Established yeah. and came to fruition and that's ultimately where you want to go back to uh, mm-hmm. so that you can help people just like you. And it's super inspiring.
1: And it's so cool because I get these messages all the time from people on that go to a conscious choice.com. They randomly find it through Google because I'm not really marketing it. And they'll send me their story through a contact form. And I mean, I can't even believe some of the stories that have come through where they're just sharing, you know, about, um, you know, I have bulimia. I've had it my whole life and, and the trials of, you know, losing everybody's trust and I can't stop and I'm addicted and this and that to people, you know, with major relationship issues or they're in serious pickles about, you know, somebody told me a secret and it's this horrific secret and what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> And you really see that you have this huge responsibility, you know, and people are desperately looking for good direction and there's not a lot of great direction out there for teens. And so I really want to be that role model and I want to show them what's possible on the other side of their pain. If they can just hold themselves accountable, make better decisions. Say you need help and actively work on it. This is the kind of life that you can have. I mean, I never in a million years would have thought that I could have had this great of a life that I have now, never in a million years. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's truly a life full of meaning, and you and you realize that you can be that person that causes that effect for people and mm-hmm. it becomes infectious and it's insane. And I I, mean, I've I've had experience with people sending me emails and and building relationships with people that have contacted me through forums, And it is amazing. And it is something that you Mm -hmm. want to continue to do and help, obviously, um, in any way that we can. So, well, I'm astonished that (laughs) you came into this vector marketing thing and you just started dominating. Right.
1: I, am a, I was astonished too, but
0: you go started, on. <laughs> you, started, you started fist pumping. You went from just being completely inconfident and having uh, you know, insecurity issues and things like that to being on top of your game and finding yourself and, and obviously going back to this a conscious choice and all these other platforms and teaching other people how to do it as well because you obviously truly care. Do you think, you know, I think a lot of people that come through my show, they talk to me and they are people that are working day jobs. Mm-hmm. And I stress to them that there are so many amazing opportunities that you can find from your day job as far as practice and building fundamentals and skills that you can eventually apply when you leave the day job to go on um, and do what you really want to do on the side. So what do you think you learned in that particular situation when you were building yourself, when you were reaching those goals that you had that you were able to take away? And you know, what kind of habits did you put into place then? that, that really sustained what you're doing now?
1: Oh my gosh. I could write a book on all of that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I think that it really, one of the main things, um, was actually the belief that I could do it. And that if I just listened to what people said worked, and I applied those same principles that it would work for me too. And, and nobody taught me that before. At least I never heard it in a certain sequence where it actually made sense to me. And I remember sitting in training, I was one of maybe 80 kids in that training class. And it's a three-day, full-day training. And on the first day, the trainer said there are three types of people in the world. There's the fence sitter who's going to sit on the fence and watch everybody else playing and doing their stuff. There's the person that puts their pinky toe into the pool. They just want to get a feel for it, but they're not ready to commit to go in. And then there's the person that's going to jump in with both feet. And that had such a profound impact on me. And I thought, well, of course, I want to be the person that jumps in with both feet because that's what it's going to take to be successful. Mm -hmm. And what's really strange about Vector in the first place is that for, I don't know, six years before that, I worked in restaurants. And this was just one of those random, I mean, meant must have been meant to be things because I found this ad in a newspaper. Do you remember what those are?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Found
1: this ad in a newspaper. It was the sales job. I mean, I didn't have confidence. I didn't have good communication. But I show up. This person's telling me to jump in with both feet. And I think, okay, if I just do what she tells me to do, it should work. And that's exactly what I did. So I went out on my first few little demonstrations. I sold $1,000 in my first day, (laughs) um, which is huge in in vector. It's, It's a grand day. It's kind of a big deal. And all of a sudden I started getting so much recognition. I was one of the top people in my training class. And then I thought, oh my gosh, if I do good things, people recognize me, you know, and that feels really good. So I should do more good things. <laughs> I I'm, I'm bringing it down to the sort of elementary level, but that was really what it felt like for me, you know? And I thought, gosh, I love getting recognized. I want to do more to get recognized even higher. And then I finished number two out of the entire uh, district for that summer. I was the number two sales rep, promoted to management. So, I mean, looking back, all of the things that I learned, I mean, first and foremost, I learned how to communicate. I learned how to sell. I learned confidence in myself. And I learned that if you believe in what you're doing you'll naturally sell it. You you won't even have to try. It won't even feel like hard work because it will just be effortless. Your enthusiasm will just transfer onto other people and people want to be a part of that energy and that excitement. So they'll follow you wherever you go. And I learned entrepreneurship. And I mean, honestly, I had five years in Vector I grew into um, helping to run the division of 13 offices. I was speaking on stages in front of over 300 people, managing, I don't know, 30 receptionists at a time, teaching new entrepreneurs how to go and open up their own districts as a young 20-something-year-old. So, I mean, that's why I say I could write a book on it. All of it was invaluable. I learned so much. It was by far better than any college education I could have ever paid for. It taught me everything that I need to know to be successful in this life as an entrepreneur. And now I can set my own hours. I have this freedom in my job. I have the skills that I need. I think everybody should work at Vector. (laughs) I think it's awesome.
0: (laughs) It's entirely possible. And you you obviously have quite a few books that you need to write, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. It's definitely one of the top 3 items on my creative bucket list.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are the what are the other two? <laughs>
1: um so I really want to write and publish a song for some reason and I really want to learn the guitar and the piano. Nice. Um I always wanted to draw but in uh, luckily in high school I learned how to do that and I actually got pretty good. And so but I yeah, publishing a book, learning the guitar and piano and uh, and I want to write a song. Like I worked
0: that. i worked the the guitar into my miracle morning so nice. I make sure right after I think right after I write I just play the guitar for like 15 minutes and it's pretty amazing that's awesome which you know is something that I have done since I was 15 but you'll go through with an instrument it's very easy to get sidetracked and not touch it for three to four months and then
1: mm-hmm. you feel like
0: you're starting back over again but
1: well and it's like that with a lot of things in life isn't it yeah, we have just- this this fun thing that we discovered and then we put it down and we totally forget about it and then come back to it and you know there's so much going on in the world today and we have so many interests and so many distractions that it really does take a routine and a schedule like the Miracle Morning to stay on track with the things that are gonna you know bring you the most joy in life
0: yeah big shout to Yo Pow How
1: whoop
0: Mr. Elwood (laughs) whoop can you get a double whoop 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 (laughs) Well, I don't want you to sound like a juggalo or anything. It's, I think that's <laughs> what they say. But, uh, so awesome. you you are like the the personal brand master, and I've learned so many things from reading you know your email list and and looking at your website. And you help people do so many different things online that are all almost related to marketing and mm-hmm. you know promoting themselves. And so you have done so much work with these people on building <laughs> their own personal brands. Can you hit us with some tips or tricks for people that are just maybe starting out on their businesses? What's important as far as getting your brand out there on the internet um, and why it's important?
1: Sure. Well, gosh, so much rushes to mind. Hopefully, I remember it all. But um, I think one of the most important things is that you have to be yourself, You know, we go online and we think, oh, I've got to be like Hal. I've got to be like Marie Forleo. I've got to do what Brennan Burchard does. You know, you see all of these people that are doing incredible things and the tendency is to model them and do exactly what they're doing and speak like them and have a brand like them. The problem is, is that you don't distinguish yourself. There's already a Marie Forleo in the world. We don't need another one. You know, Mm -hmm. Marie's doing a great job being her. But, you know, so many new entrepreneurs, they're so, you know, nervous and insecure and they feel like, you know, they're still questioning if they have value to bring. Are people even going to care what I have to say? And so naturally we have this tendency to do what other people are working. And also because we know it's working for them and we want it to work for us. You know, so there's a lot of reasons that people model others, but that's, you got to be careful because what happens is, the languaging on your website no longer sounds like you and people can't, it's like they go to your website and they think, eh, you know, it's nothing's grabbing them. There's nothing that's, it's just kind of like fog there. Now, the the opposite of that, Heath, like, for example, the way you started your podcast. I've done tons of podcast interviews. Never heard anybody that started their podcast the way that you did. That means that you are rocking your personal brand. People are going to remember that, and they're going to share that with others. And so, you know, model Heath in this way of just be fully authentically yourself. And it might seem scary. That's fine. But you have to do it anyway. Yeah. This. And the second thing that comes to mind is you want to get very, very clear on who it is that you ultimately want to attract. And a lot of uh, other marketers will call this, you know, identifying your client avatar, the one person that you want to market to. And I very much believe in that, but I like to take it a step further. Instead of just saying, I'm marketing to a woman who's between 35 and 45 and she's got 2.2 kids. I feel like that's still too generalized and we're not going to be able to make the kind of emotional connection that we need to if we're marketing to a person in a wide, you know, age range or whatever. So instead, I do this exercise with clients where I sit down and it takes me about 30, 45 minutes. We identify if you could only work with one person, one customer that's going to buy your book, one client who's going to hire you for coaching or whatever, who is that one person? down to their exact age, how many kids they have, their kids' ages, how long they've been married or divorced or single, or what exactly their job is, down to what time they wake up in the morning and what do they think about first thing when they're laying there in bed? Are they excited to jump out of bed or are they just kind of dreading the day or are they reviewing everything they have to do and they're getting stressed? To What are their emotions throughout the entire day and, you know, after work, are they tired and what are they fearful? Do they get anxiety over finances? I mean, a crazy amount of detail. But what happened, then ultimately we come up with a name for this person. So for example, my client avatar is a woman named Heather.
0: Nice. I knew it was going to (laughs) be part of Heath. (laughs)
1: And uh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And every time I sit down to do an interview or I write a blog post or I create a product, I do it only for Heather. And a lot of entrepreneurs have this big fear that, oh, if I only market to Heather, then I'm going to lose out on the rest of the marketplace. What about all the men in the world or whatever? But surprisingly, 50%, almost dead even, of my clients and followers are men, even though I'm marketing to Heather. And so what happens is that the point of the exercise is to pull out those emotions and really get into the mindset of what your customer is going through. And then that kind of bleeds out onto all of your marketing Mm -hmm. materials and your promotion. That way, you know that your brand is always staying consistent too, because if you market to the masses, your message gets generalized and it's not going to stick with anybody, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of value in figuring out your client avatar, fully being yourself, and, you know, marketing on that consistent basis. I think that those are some of the best tips that I could give you.
0: Yeah, I think one of the really cool things that you do is you're so involved with videos. You know, mm-hmm. you do a lot of personal video brands, which is something that's kind of sparked my interest. I actually went out and got a GoPro over the weekend, and I'm going to start doing nice. videos as well. Because Good. my website in general, Artsy Now, is, has absolutely no personal brand on it, even though the podcast itself does and i get a lot of positive review from from the podcast personal branding side but when you go to the site most of the time it's like what you know i don't know what this is so i'm i'm actually uh, revamping everything that way as well so
1: great well and you know i guess something else that i could add is don't ever be too hard on yourself and i'm not necessarily saying this to you heath but anybody that you know, our business and our message is meant to evolve. My business today is dramatically different than it was seven years ago. And I never in a million years would have thought that I'd be here right now. Nobody can predict that stuff. So I think there is something to be said for an entrepreneur who isn't so stuck on every little thing being perfect before they launch it, but rather launch it the best that you can at the time and know it's going to grow and evolve anyway. And so just kind of roll with that and make those changes as they come up. And before you know it, you'll have an empire on your hands. That's, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it is insane. The power behind it. And it's funny, like a good example of that is to go back and listen to, somebody who's doing a podcast maybe around like episode 50 and then listen to their first couple of episodes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And you can see the same thing with like a website. If you throw back to when what, you know, you, you oh, could probably yeah. say your first website, what did that look uh. like compared to now? <laughs>
1: Thank God, there's no trace of that online anymore. <laughs> but, I, oh, it was so terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: But as you as you niche down, like on your avatar, and you ask all those questions, and you get down to those nitty gritty details about that person, that also sparks one more thing that you can target them and try to help them with as well. I mean, you were talking about oh, finances, how many kids they have, and that'll spark an idea, and all of a sudden you've got a topic for a blog post, or you have another route to help somebody out that is in need. So.
1: 100%. And, you know, it's. I sit down every week to do my newsletter. I really enjoy doing my newsletter. I put a lot of time into those, more so than any of my blog posts or anything like that. And I sit down and I, I really think about Heather and I, re- I remember where she's at, you know, the frustrations or the fears or the anxieties. And then I think, what does Heather need from me today? Like, what does she need to know? And then all of us, and just like I said earlier, listening to that inner voice or that intuition, an idea comes to me and bam, I write it out. It just pours out of me and I send that newsletter and I'll get reply, reply, reply with all these people saying, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such a cool cycle. You know, if you can just really trust yourself and do this work, you know, with the Heather, or whatever your person's going to be called, it, it, just it's incredible how much easier it makes your life because most people just pick a random topic out of the sky and maybe it's going to hit with your audience or not and usually it doesn't so you feel like nobody's responding that you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing (laughs) so anyway it's 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 pretty cool
0: yeah instead of crying and laying around and pooping your pants because you didn't get the results (laughs) you want you know you can fist pump and give high fives to heather and have a pizza party
1: there you go i like pizza
0: (laughs) Who doesn't like pizza? Well, I'm not going to ask. I wouldn't
1: want to meet that person though. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding.
0: A, <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love everybody who doesn't love pizza. Yes, we do. <laughs> We're just joking. So you, you you specialize in, I don't know about the word specialize because you specialize in so many different things, but you are very amazingly talented at helping people campaign their books to number one bestsellers on Amazon. Can you kind of sum up, and I don't know how hard this is going to be for you, but give us a a short rundown of that entire process, where it starts when they come to you and say, hey, I want to write a book and get it out here. And then just kind of the mini steps in between of how it actually comes to fruition.
1: Well, most authors do it backwards and they do the wrong thing. So I can set the record straight. If you're thinking about writing a book, um, the first thing you should do is hire a developmental editor. This is different than a copy editor who's going to review for typos and grammar. A developmental editor helps you create the structure for your book so it's actually a good book. There's a lot of bad books out there, especially these days, because people are rushing to the market. You don't want to have a book just to have a book. That book is supposed to be a product that excels, you know, or pushes your business forward in a really positive way. And if you have a bad book, it's going to lose you money and it's not going to do anything for your business. Yes, you could get the title of number one bestseller, but you wouldn't want that knowing that it was based on a bad book, right? So mm-hmm. you have to start by having a really good book. The number one mistake that authors make though, is that they wait until the book is completely done before they start thinking about marketing. Because writing a book is such an overwhelming exhausting irritating frustrating process it just drains the life force right out of you (laughs) and I'm not trying to put fear into you for writing a book you should absolutely write a book but know that it's there's so much that goes into it and so to wait until the very end before you start marketing it what happens is that you lose this momentum and it's hard to get it started. And it's just, it's just kind of a mess. You're just going to have to trust me on it. So instead three to six months out from publishing that book, that's when you should start marketing for it. And there is this momentum that kind of has to happen coming up to the bestseller campaign. In terms of the actual bestseller campaign, I've done 13 of them, all 13 hit number one. Oh, wow. And really the best way that I can explain it to you is that the goal is to get a ton of book sales on one day to manipulate the rankings and Amazon, because not all of the books in this you know, category that you've selected for your book, not all of the other books are going to have near as many sales as you on that one day. And so what happens is you start skyrocketing up in the rankings. And if we can get enough sales in the right category... You can become a number one best selling author. And then you can call yourself that forever, which is yeah. great. Huge <laughs> credibility booster. So, I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can do an Amazon campaign. You know, for for some of the bigger um entrepreneurs online, like Chris Ducker, Mike McAllowitz, you know, what they're doing is they say, buy my my books in bulk and I'll give you certain bonuses like coaching hours with me or whatever. And so people are going out and buying as many books as they can afford because they want those bonuses that the big wigs are offering. So that's one way that you can do an Amazon campaign to get those bulk sales. Another way, and this is the way that I more commonly do it, is that we go out and get strategic partners. So let's say we have 30 companies that are all going to offer a bonus gift for anybody that buys the book on this particular day. And so what happens is somebody goes and they buy the book, then they get access to thousands of dollars worth of bonus gifts. So for um, the buyer perspective, it's a huge win-win because I'm getting all of this value just by buying a single book. But for the partners, the people that are donating the bonus gifts, it's based on sort of an opt-in process where if you want my bonus, you have to join my email list. So now as the partner, I'm growing my email list by participating in this campaign. Now the way that, and hopefully I'm not going over your head here, but the way that the author wins out of this is that she, the, the author would require all of those businesses to promote the book launch on that day. So essentially the author is taking advantage of all of those businesses and the networks that they have already built So now we're sending hundreds of thousands of emails out based on all those companies combined saying, hey, go buy this person's book today. And that's where all of the buyers come in. They buy the book and they get the bonuses. And so it dramatically manipulates the rankings. And then we hit number one. So those are kind of the two main ways to do it. And if anybody ever has questions, they're welcome to contact me and I'm happy to set up a call to explain it a little bit more detailed. But you know, that's essentially what you do. You manipulate the rankings by having a lot of sales.
0: That's brilliant.
1: (laughs) I wish I had thought of it all on my own.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I'm reading a book right now called Launch by Jeff Walker. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it kind of hits on some of that. It's a really, really good book. Um, that that I'm enjoying thoroughly. So,
1: it was a number one bestseller.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're somebody who doesn't really have much of a network, how are how are you getting these strategic partnerships? Is that something that you can help people with? Absolutely. You can take the book and the topic and reach out to people through your network and help somebody. So if they were in that situation, they could just say, "Hey, Amber, let's talk. I'll throw you some." cash money. I'll throw you some cheese and and see what we can do here.
1: Yeah. I mean, or they can just do it too. I mean, I can think of a woman um, in her 70s who ran a bestseller campaign and she didn't have an email list and she didn't ask me to help her with her partners. I typically don't do that, but it's not that I wouldn't or couldn't. I just haven't to this point. But she went out and she started emailing people like, Lisa Nichols of the secret and just anybody and everybody. Wow. And she said, I'm doing this book launch and you should participate because it'll grow your email list. We'll hit number one. It's a win-win situation. And sure enough, she hit number yeah. one. I, mean, I helped her with all the back end setup, but, um, she, she rocked it out of the park and that's awesome. Anybody can do this. And many people have done this. That's why there are so many bestsellers out there these days, but either way, um, you know if you have a good book you definitely want to make the investment to make it a number 1 bestseller because it's going to help you get more speaking gigs it's going to help you get more clients it's going to it's just going to change the trajectory of your business for the better
0: yeah for sure for show for show right <laughs> <laughs> and i think that it's very appealing to them because you're doing all the heavy work and yeah. you're using their brand a little bit but they're going to get the benefits back uh, with the email list and things like that. So I think it's a very brilliant process. Yep. So Amber, do you think it was harder to get started or to keep going?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Nice. Um, wow, that's a really good question. I'm impressed. I would I would probably say keep going um, because anybody can throw up a blog and say, I have a business. Anybody can create a product and say, you know, I have a business, but it's really hard to turn that into something real, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and now my company has grown. We have nine people on, on the team right now. It's a multi six figure business. And I'll tell you the hardest thing that you have to overcome on that journey is yourself, your mindset. Um, so the marketing isn't hard writing the blog post, staying on schedule, all of that. None of that is hard because anybody can do it. You just need a schedule. What's really hard is your mind and that inner critic that comes up and says, you suck. You're a failure. You can't do this. Who do you think you are? You're not Marie Forleo or whatever. (laughs) We all have that inner critic. And so one of the most fascinating things to me that I've really spent a lot of my time and, and and thought on is how to really have a relationship with my inner critic and to really get to know myself better and better with each day that passes. Because I'll start to know, oh, you know, for example, let's say I have a sales dip. I know that if I don't correct that dip, that I'm going to hit a certain point in the foreseeable future where I'm going to start to doubt myself. And then if that you know, seed of doubt gets planted. I know that if I don't do something in the next week, let's say that this next step is going to happen. And then it's going to be that much harder for me to get back on track. So I know myself well enough now to know when I'm going to get in trouble. And that's also why, I mean, I look back on my business and our growth. We've grown by 30% every single year since we've been in business. That's amazing. And that is really just because of my mindset, because I never said, okay, we're, I'll never forget Heath when I sold It was $100,000, you know, that first year I I hit the six figure mark and I thought, oh my gosh, I never in a million years thought I would hit six figures. (laughs) Like I just never thought of it, you know, and it happened and it was so exciting. But then I thought, well, gosh, what else could I do? You know, I didn't want to ever just say, oh, well, I guess I, this is as good as it's going to get. And, or if I had a bad, you know, month or something, I correcting that so that I didn't let that negativity grow or let that downside or that downturn really grow into a bigger downturn. You know, so your mindset truly is everything. And I think that keeping with it is the number one thing that entrepreneurs struggle with more so than creating it to begin with.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's all mindset. I mean, you can you can pout and you can cry and, you know, pee your I pants. I cry a lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm a big cry baby. <laughs> there's different types of crying, but... <laughs> You know, I've been there and I think that there's a lot of people that are there and and it's a place that a lot of people get stuck in their entire life. And if you do change your mindset and you surrender to your passion and you put the practice and the persistence in and you get a mentor and you get a guide and follow what they're doing and and learn from them, then you can truly visualize the outcome and, and set your mind on it and then play the edge. And it's just all gold from there if you actually stick to it and stay persistent.
1: Absolutely. And just, you know, I guess the last thing I want to say, and I feel like I went on and on on that last comment, but, you know, something I want to say is just be careful about always looking on the outside for the solution. Because we think, oh, if I go to this event, it's going to change everything. If I buy this coach, it's going to change everything. But at the end of the day, the problem might be with you and your mindset or whatever. So be thinking about when are the times that I give up on myself? When are the times that I feel lazy and what do I do when I feel lazy? Or what do I do on the times when I have so many ideas I don't know what to do first? And really study your reactions to different circumstances and see how you could improve them. I mean, think if my friend was struggling with laziness, what would I tell them to do? And implement these strategies for yourself because when you are a solid person, you're whole, you're feeling good about yourself. That's when you should go to the events and hire the coaches because you're going to maximize those experiences, but unfortunately, I see so many entrepreneurs that are wasting so much money looking for answers out there and they spend all this money and they don't get anywhere still. So just just check in. That's why I love Hal's Miracle Morning because it forces you to grow yourself.
0: Yeah, and it starts it starts on the inside for sure. So Amber, if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think that you would use your creativity or talents to defeat that big, ugly, crazy Denver-hating <laughs> bastard?
1: Craziest question I've ever been asked, so you get that award. Uh, but it's cool. I love it. It's so creative. I think what I would do, and you know, by the way, I just want to say, I was tempted to go and listen to all of your past podcasts to get ideas from what other people had said. (laughs) I decided not to. And I said, no, screw that. I've got to really think about this. So what I think I would do (laughs) is I would use my mad internet skills and I would put out an invitation for the biggest flash mob you've ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> and I would go meet Godzilla at a space where there are the biggest speakers that you've ever seen in your life. And we would be blasting It's a Small World, that song. <laughs> and the flash mob would be dancing to It's a Small World. And I think that Godzilla would be so damn overwhelmed by it all that it would short circuit his brain and he would just fall over because it would be too much for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah i don't think anybody said that one before <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't ask me where that came from it just randomly came to me earlier today so it's
0: okay. all on the inner roots of the creativity <laughs> that's been with you since you were a child right
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it thanks for the opportunity to think of that
0: <laughs> oh absolutely no problem it's always fun busting out the godzilla question and I know it's, it's, it's great to just dive into some off the wall stuff. And I, that's kind of how I live my entire life. Um, I'm always involved in, in crazy shenanigans. That's who I am. And that's how I'm always going to be. Amber, do you have, do you have a place where our listeners can find you or get in contact with you? Because I could list a lot of these places, but it would probably (laughs) take me 30 minutes to name them all out. So what, what do you prefer them check out?
1: <laughs> um, go to amberludwig.com and that's L-U-D-W-I-G, amberludwig.com. Click on the about page and you'll see the websites that Heath is talking about that, you know, cause I have like, I don't know, six or seven different websites on different topics. That's where you can really learn about everything that I'm doing, but definitely, just reach out to me, send me a contact message on my contact page or on Facebook or whatever. And let's get connected because I really love giving value back to people. And if I can give value back to you, let me have the opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, just while I have you on here, Amber, what is perkbucket.com? I saw that the other day and I hadn't heard (laughs) of it before. So I'm a little bit intrigued here.
1: Yeah. So Perk Bucket is a secret, top secret private project that I'm working on with a partner of mine. And it's a site for entrepreneurs and it's going to help you dramatically build your email list all in a safe, ethical way. Um, and it's going to be a great way to build your credibility and get your message out 10 times faster. So that's about all I can share with you for now. But if you go to perkbucket.com, you can sign up to get notified when the website is launched.
0: I am on that list and I'm <laughs> pumped up and waiting for it because I need help with all of that. And I'm willing. <laughs> I'll be a good student.
1: It's It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So we'll see what comes of it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and do you have any favorite... Albums, books, or CDs, or anything like that that you want to mention real quick before we say goodbye? Oh, creative, man. You know, oh. your creative – since since I asked you beforehand what your creative favorite creative influences were, I thought I'd let you at least spit some of the answers out.
1: Anything music, I find tremendous inspiration from. I'm so super obsessed with music, but – I'm really thinking about books right now because I buy books as Christmas gifts for my team and stuff. And it really came down to two books that I was going to buy this year because I bought everybody the Miracle Morning last year. Um, But The Greatest Miracle in the World phenomenal book. That is the book that I chose to give as Christmas gifts to my team this year. You have to get it. Ogmandino, the greatest miracle in the world. It will change your life. It'll make you cry. It'll just speak to you in a way that no book has ever spoken to you ever. It's incredible.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'll check it out.
1: Oh yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I'll check it out. And if you were going to,
1: you should. I was just going to say the second book is The Giver, and that movie just came out recently. The movie was, eh, the book was better. Check out that book. That book had a tremendous influence on me as well.
0: Awesome. So yeah, everybody get out there, hit Amber up, give her a high five, send her some swag bombs. Hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> she, she'll have a pizza party waiting for you when you get Absolutely. to Denver. And thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, you, you've you pumped everything up in my life and I, I'm just truly humbled to have you on. I, I'm 100% in on watching how you uh, just continue to improve and, and change the world from here on out and everybody get out there, do something funky, do something creative, pull your pants down, run around outside, freak your whoop neighbors whoop. out. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Tell everybody what you do and someone will definitely want to help you do it. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Amber, thank you so much for being the Newer Now. And always remember to keep it funky, Amber.
1: Thank you, Heath. You're the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of The newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at hb underscore armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.